Hello and welcome back. I'm so glad to be sitting in this chair, not doing homework, hopping on the mic, talking to you. Welcome to episode 82 of WFS, The Will Ford Show. I want to take a minute and tell you what's been going on. As I've mentioned before, I am the Orbit Media Sports Director at Muskingum University, our student-run um, me- media organization with radio, TV, newspaper. Let me tell you, it's it's been amazing. It's been a blast. I'm writing news for to be read on the radio every day. I write a story for our monthly newspaper. Um, it just started, uh, like the first edition just came out this month, so just once right now, but that's what I'm going to be doing every month is writing a, a story for the newspaper. I'm the the voice of Fighting Muskies football, Muskingum University football. Like, I get to record national sports updates every day, just a minute of national sports, talking about national sports, and you know, just so much more too. And it's, it's incredible. On the other hand, though, it does have its drawbacks a little bit, you know, it's very time consuming. I'm at Muskingum a lot of hours of the day, 12 or 13 hours a day. And that's not because I'm doing stuff all day long. Uh, but since I'm a commuter, I live 25 minutes away. I'd rather just stay at school and work on stuff during my breaks, whether it's homework or maybe just kind of hang out maybe a little bit, then waste the gas and come home and also waste the time. So that's why my days are usually very long there. But uh, so it makes it difficult for me to, you know, hang out with friends, hang out with family. It's funny because I, I basically just come home to sleep and then I leave and go back to Muskingum again. Uh, it, It does suck. And I do, I do not like that aspect of it, but I'm, I'm a part of something that I didn't think I would be a part of this early on in my college career. I'm in a position that I didn't think I'd be in and, you know, I'm just trying to make the most of it. And, you know, I'm only a, a month in and that's the crazy thing. And I know nothing about life whatsoever. I'm not going to sit here and act like I, you know, I know everything about life and I've got the best life life advice, but there's a guy I, I follow on Instagram, watch a lot of his content and it's inspiring content. Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. Uh, he is an incredible person and very inspiring. And he talks about how sometimes in life You've got to be willing to sacrifice. You've got to be willing to, he puts it in in a little more blunt terms, but I'll say basically eat a dirt sandwich. You got, you got to eat a dirt sandwich in life sometimes to, to get where you want to go. And so that's in a way kind of what I'm doing. I'm enjoying what I'm doing, but it also at the same time is challenging and difficult. And, you know, I'm just working through it. and. I'm so thankful for the opportunities that are in front of me and everything that I'm doing right now, but I'm super glad to be coming back to my roots. This is what I love more than anything is sitting down 
on this microphone talking to you. Uh, it means everything to me. This is what I want to do. I want to sit in front of a microphone for the next 50 years of my life and talk about sports all day long. Whether it's just me on my own like I'm doing right now or if I'm talking like I'm doing a show with somebody else. But the most important aspect is you, the listener, the audience, everyone who listens, who enjoys sports content, who is willing to sit and listen to a 20-year-old kid talk about something he loves. This is my passion. This is what I want to do. And with my sports director job, you know, I never thought I never thought sports would be stressful sometimes because sometimes it's a little stressful. Things come down to the wire a little bit and throw you for a loop. I, I never thought I would be stressed out by sports because sports has always been my escape. And my it's in a sense my religion, if you get what I mean. And by no I mean I'm not good enough to play sports, especially not college sports, but like I love playing sports, watching sports, talking about sports, calling sports. May not be the best at it, but it's fun. It really is. And it's just about learning. And it's been absolutely crazy and fun. But I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be sitting right here in front of you, talking to you, and I just want to say thank you for sticking with me through all the highs and the lows, all the the droughts, the inconsistencies, the two weeks, 16 days, 18 days, three weeks without a without an episode. I believe it has been 18 days since my last episode, and I hate that because this is what I love more than anything else. And... Especially since I'm, I'm, you know, putting in so much work. I'm trying to make these podcasts better. And and then I feel like I let you down by not doing anything. Not even putting a tweet out. Like, I am terrible at social media. I admit that. I am not a great social media whiz. I'm not a, not a social person in general. So, I think it surprised a lot of people when I said I wanted to get into radio. Because... You know, I wasn't a very social person in school, but there's something about being behind a microphone and people not seeing your face that brings me comfort in a way. I can almost talk without judgment, which I, I, sh- I should feel like that anyways. But um, if you're picking up what I'm throwing down, I don't know. There's just something different about it. You know, I'm not a big TV guy. I just just like sitting in front of a microphone and talking to people. And that's weird coming from a introverted, antisocial, awkward kind of guy who goes to school, does his work, goes to class, comes home, does it all over again. I don't I'm not a social person, but but yeah. So that's my deep conversation for eight or nine minutes there. Um, bottom line is, is I, I just want to say thank you for sticking with me. All the listeners who have been with me since since day one, day 
20, day 100, one year, whenever you started listening, thank you for sticking with me. And, you know, I dropped the ball and I apologize for that. But I'm back. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Still love you. This is my home. Always will be my home. And I'm glad to be back, man. Super glad to be back. And I'm going to be better. I'm going to be better and more focused. So thank you. But let's jump into sports. Let's talk some sports, man. What a crazy, crazy NFL season we've had unfold before our eyes in just three weeks. And week four starts tonight. The Packers and the Eagles are playing right now. We'll get into some primetime predictions later on. But after three weeks, we've had such crazy, incredible storylines unfold. And the Antonio Brown saga has been one to watch. It's been an uh, just an insane ride. I, I don't even know, like I've said this before, I don't even know where to begin with Antonio. Before the summer started, Antonio Brown was still with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers don't want to deal with his antics anymore, his locker room antics. They trade him to Oakland. Didn't really get a lot for him, but they got rid of him. A lot of people thought that Oakland clearly won the trade and Pittsburgh was going to suffer as a result. Um, And I wasn't one of those people. I thought that Pittsburgh Pittsburgh was going to be fine without both Antonio and Le'Veon. It didn't really, hasn't turned out that way so far. We'll dive into that later as well. But then Antonio Brown has this whole helmet situation in Oakland. Doesn't want to play because of the aesthetic of his helmet. That's a whole thing. That's a really drama queen kind of thing. Raiders cut him because he gets confrontational with John Gruden, Mike Mayock, management, front office, coaching, everything. Gets very confrontational. They cut him. Not even not even six hours later, the New England Patriots sign him. Swoop him out of thin air. Of all teams, the New England Patriots sign Antonio Brown. And you think, oh my God, the dynasty for New England is going to continue. They've got their best weapon since Randy Moss. They're going to go out there and be world beaters like they usually are, but even better. Then all of these sexual assault and rape allegations come up for Antonio Brown. Two people. Uh, one was a former, I believe a former former trainer at his college that he went to. And uh but the but these uh these allegations were from the last couple of years, but I believe they went to college together. And then the other person off the top of my head, I don't know where what his relation was to her as far as how they knew each other. But uh there was also an incident with his doctor, him farting on his doctor get out of here i don't know antonio brown is a weird dude but the sexual assault allegations come up and rape and that's a whole thing i mean once you get into that stuff then that's uh that's your ticket out of the nfl that's the kiss of death right there 
Patriots didn't want to deal with it. If, if there was one team in the NFL that could fix Antonio Brown, it was the New England Patriots. But when all this stuff came about, New England ain't about any of that. They had Antonio Brown on their roster for 13 days before they cut him. Only 13 days. He played in one game. He played in week two against the Dolphins. Had one touchdown. And looked like... He looked like Antonio Brown. And then all of this stuff comes out. Bill Belichick was tired of all the Antonio Brown questions. He was at an he was at a press conference. First seven questions were all about Antonio Brown. And he said straight up, listen, guys, I've already addressed the Antonio Brown situation. If anyone has any questions about football, I would love to answer them. Next question was about Antonio Brown. And he left the press conference. And I don't blame him. He shouldn't have to feel obligated to sit there and answer questions about Antonio Brown all day. I get it. Reporters, their job is to report the news, and that's that's newsworthy. But, you know, at a, at a certain point, it just becomes overkill. And the Patriots didn't want to deal with it, and they cut him. And you know when the Patriots cut a player, he's not worth signing by anyone else. Antonio Brown is done playing in this league. There's rumors that teams are still interested, but God, I would be shocked and honestly quite disgusted if a team picked him up. That would be shocking if someone if someone picked him up. I absolutely would not pursue that. But it's been absolutely nuts, and it, the thing is, is it's not even over. Because he still thinks he's got a place in the NFL. He was taking shots at Eric. Well, Eric Weddle took a shot at Antonio Brown when Antonio Brown said the league needs him. They fired back and forth at each other. Weddle got the last laugh saying, talk to you later. I got I got a game to prepare for this Sunday and Antonio doesn't. He's not even on a team. So this saga has been absolutely crazy and it took the NFL 100 seasons to write a story like this. It's absolutely unbelievable. And one notable player, we're shifting gears now, one notable player that has ended his holdout, or he's going to be ending his holdout, is Melvin Gordon, star running back for the Chargers. He is going to come back this week for the Chargers. He won't play this Sunday. I believe they're playing the Dolphins. Um, but... Because obviously, you know, he's there. It's there's three days until that game, so he's not going to play. But he'll be available after this week. That's going to be big for the Chargers because the Chargers are one and two, likely going to be two and two after this weekend. And then you've got Denver, who's tough. They've played in three close games, although they're zero and three. They've played in. Some really close games. You know, they lost to the the Chicago Bears at the wire. They played a close game with the Packers, and they lost to the Raiders week one. And then the Steelers, they've got problems of their own. That should be a win for them. But the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I kind of want to shift to this. And actually, I want to shift to really injuries across the NFL, not just the Steelers, but Two quarterbacks in the NFL are out for some, some some substantial time. Drew Brees is out six weeks. Well, now it's like four or five with a thumb injury. 
tore a ligament in his thumb playing against the the LA Rams, hit his hand off of Aaron Donald's helmet when Aaron Donald was coming at him. He's out for a while. Teddy Bridgewater may be the best insurance policy at quarterback anyone has in the league. He's a starting call, uh, starting caliber, starting quality quarterback. He's really good. The Saints are going to be fine, but he's out. And Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he's out for the whole season with an elbow injury. And he's going to need surgery. Threw a couple balls and he just started holding his elbow funny and they pulled him out and find out he needs surgery. So, and the Pittsburgh Steelers have already hit the tank. They've they've got Mason Rudolph, who's a second year player starting. James Conner is not that dy- not that dynamic of a running back. He's okay, but he's not dynamic. And Juju Smith Schuster is kind of struggling on his own. Antonio Brown was a great camouflage for him, and the Steelers are struggling a little more than I thought. Granted, they don't have Big Ben Roethlisberger, but they're struggling a little a little bit more than I thought, and they're not going to have their first round pick for next for next season because they could put, they could have potentially had the first pick in the draft, maybe went out and got a quarterback, and they traded their first round pick to the Miami Dolphins for Minka Fitzpatrick, who's a, an amazing young safety, uh, young safety slash corner. He's a defensive back, can move it around a little, move him around a little bit, but. He's still on his rookie deal. He's got around four years left. Plus, you know, you could tag him. And the Steelers gave up their first round pick for him. And I'm not sure why. Minka's a great player. And I would, I think any team would be foolish to not want him on their team. But knowing the landscape of the league, knowing where you sit, you sit at 0-3, you're likely not going to be a good team and make the playoffs this year. You could have went out and drafted a first-round quarterback, and the quarterbacks coming out of the the draft this year, uh, we could have some really good ones, some really really good ones. Jalen Hurts out of Oklahoma, he's been tearing it up. Tua Tagovailoa out of Alabama, he's up there with one of the as one of the top prospects. Justin Herbert's Justin Herbert from Oregon, Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. I mean, all of those guys are so good. So good. I would prefer Tua out of all of them. But you've got all of those guys sitting there and you go out and spend your first round pick on a defensive player at a position that's really kind of dying in this league. It's not a requirement to have a top quality safety. You don't need great safety play to win in this league. You you really, really don't. It's not that impactful of, of a position anymore. I would have kept the pick. You possibly get the first pick. You go out and get a quarterback like a Tua, Justin Herbert, somebody. I would have wrestled with that idea a little bit more. But Steelers find themselves in a tough position. They really weren't winning before Antonio, or before Big Ben went down. And now they're they're going to be a dumpster fire. They're not going to be that good this year. And I predicted them to win the division, and they're going to hit the tank. So, yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. But I want to shift into the Ford food chain, and I haven't done this in forever. And I want to try and do this every single week after every single week of football action. Top 10 teams in the NFL, according to me, the Ford food chain, 
this is after week three. And then we'll dive into some primetime predictions. I made a prediction for night, put it on Twitter. I'll talk about it as the Packers and the Eagles are playing right now. But the Ford Food Chain. A couple surprise teams in here. You might be a little bit surprised with my list, but we'll start with number 10, the Buffalo Bills. The 3-0 on the year. It's one of the best coaching staffs in the league. Really done a great job building around Josh Allen, developing Josh Allen. Josh Allen looks looks good. He looks real good. Much better, much improved than his first season. And the defense, the Buffalo Bills defense is always stingy, always really tough. And the offense looks a lot better. And they, I believe they play the New England Patriots this week, who are also 3-0. That's going to be a real test for them. And I think they have a real shot of of coming out that coming out of that matchup with a victory. I'm not saying the Bills are going to win the division, but I think they have a good shot of making the wild card and being a, a team to be reckoned with in the playoffs that you know could win a game in the playoffs. But moving to number nine, I've got the San Francisco 49ers. I this one was tough for me because I feel like the Bills might be a, it's very close. It's very, very close, but I put the 49ers just above the Bills. They've turned the ball over a lot in recent weeks. Five turnovers against the Pittsburgh Steelers, four of them in in the first half alone. Steelers still found a way to lose. I'm not sure if the Steelers found a way to lose or if it was the 49ers just found a way to win. And I think it's... I think it might be a little bit of both, but I give credit to the 49ers because it's very difficult to win a game turning the ball over five times. Very rarely is it ever done. Um, Super, super tough. But the 49ers defense is really, really good. They got a great coach in Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy, and then that pairing with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's going to be pretty good for years to come. Now they are dealing with the injury bug on offense. Their running back situation isn't the best. Wide receivers have been a little inconsistent, but I like this team. 3-0. They're sitting at the top of the division in the NFC West, tied with the Rams. They're going to be pushing for maybe a division victory or even a wild card spot once they get healthier. That's the key. Number eight, I have the New Orleans Saints. Drew Brees is out, but like I said, Teddy Bridgewater is the best insurance policy at quarterback anyone could ask for. He's the best backup quarterback in the league and arguably a starting quarterback. They have Alvin Kamara, who takes the pressure off of Bridgewater. Michael Thomas is a top five receiver in this league, maybe top three. And the defense, the the secondary isn't good, but they have a, a pretty decent front seven. They can get to the quarterback a little bit. But the offense is fine with Teddy Bridgewater. They marched into Seattle, toughest place to play in the league, 12th man, put a waxing on them. I mean, they, they hung 30 on them. Now, the score suggests that it was pretty close, but the Saint, or the Seahawks scored a garbage time touchdown. They had no chance to win at the very end of the game. But the Saints are going to be fine for the next couple weeks until Drew Brees comes back. They're going to be okay. Number seven, Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson has really impressed me this year. He's been a turnover, kind of not a turnover machine, but he's turned the ball over pretty frequently so far in his career. 
That also has something to do with the fact that he, he hasn't had a great offensive line. He's had to run around for his life and do a lot of improvising on his own. But he's done a much better job this year settling down, reeling himself in. He's dealing with not having Lamar Miller, their number one running back who has a torn ACL. They're dealing with that. But he's still looking good. He's still looking really good. And they're playing teams tough. They lost week one to the Saints, but arguably they were the better team. And I still think they're the better team. They're better than the Saints. I like them a lot. They're going to win their division. Deshaun Watson and the Texans. They're nice. Number six, this might surprise a lot of people. Rams. I don't like their offense this year. Now they are getting Cooper cut back and that's huge. He was Jared Goff's favorite target, arguably his favorite target. Much better when Cooper Cup was involved in the offense. People think that he's better now than he was before he tore his ACL. But the offensive line worries me a little bit. They lost Roger Saffold. They're their starting left guard. He went to Tennessee. They've uh, Todd Gurley, ever since he's gotten his money, hasn't been good. The Rams worry me. They're a talented team. Their defense is still good. They added Clay Matthews on defense, who is a excellent veteran linebacker. And they have Eric Weddle. But the offense worries me. It worries me a lot. That's why I have them at six. Number five, I've got the 3-0 Packers. Playing tonight against the Eagles. But Aaron Rodgers finally has a defense that can keep him in games. And it gives Aaron Rodgers a fighting chance in any game that he plays. Uh, any game that he plays. The defense is young, but they went out and bought, and, and bought low on some mid-level defensive players like Preston Smith. Uh, they brought in Adrian Amos from the Chicago Bears on you know, mid-level deals, not breaking the bank. And then they have some younger players in the secondary as well. And you know, they've drafted well up front. Like th- their defense top to bottom is really, really solid. And it's the best one that Aaron Rodgers has had in a while. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. When he's healthy, arguably the best quarterback in football. And right now he's healthy, playing well, and the offense has got its feet under them. They put up a stinker in Chicago, but Chicago's got a really tough defense, and that's why. But this is a team that's probably going to win the NFC North. I like the Bears originally, but I think this team is going to win the NFC North. And I've got them at five. Number four, I've got the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson taking a huge step in year two. One of the the best quarterbacks, especially in fantasy football. I whiffed on him. I I drafted uh, Baker Mayfield, and he's been turds this year. And I also had Kirk Cousins, and that was a big yikes as well. I didn't draft very well this year in fantasy football, but that's another story. But anyways, I I mean, Lamar Jackson has been incredible. Running the football, throwing the football, super good. He's he's taking the next step, and he arguably looks like the best quarterback from that draft class. I mean, Baker Mayfield does not look very good right now. Josh Allen looks pretty good. I probably probably put him right behind uh right behind Lamar Jackson. Josh Rosen didn't start the first couple of weeks for Miami, didn't look very good against the Cowboys. And then Sam Darnold 
you know, he's good, but right now he's sick. He's not playing. So right now, Lamar Jackson is the best quarterback from that draft class, period, point blank. And he's got a lot of help around him, but, I mean, he's he's looking good. And, you know, the defense, it's always been nice. John Harbaugh, great coach, one of the better coaches in the league. I mean, this is just a complete team that's going to win the NFC North and be a, be a a tough task for any team that goes up against them in the playoffs. Number three, the Dallas Cowboys. I think right now they're the best team in the NFC. Granted, they haven't played amazing teams. The Giants and the Dolphins and the Redskins are all rebuilding, but they're still NFL teams. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Kellen Moore as offensive coordinator, Troy Aikman referred to him as the uh, the the pizza boy. That's what he looks like. But he's been masterful in his play calling. They haven't really changed their play calling. They're just adding more disguises and giving off different appearances, but they're still running the same stuff or variations of the same stuff. It's really clever, really genius. Dak right now is one of the better quarterbacks in the league so far this season statistically. He's been on fire, very efficient. Right now, the best third quarter quarterback in, in football. Can sometimes start a game a little bit slow, but third quarter, once he makes some adjustments, he just gets rolling. And I mean, rolling. I mean, he has been really solid this year. And you know, I just like the Cowboys, and they've got, they've really, they've got like eight or nine guys that you can say are elite players on their team. I mean, they have Zeke, Amari Cooper. People could ar- may argue that Dak is elite. You have Byron Jones on defense, Leighton Vander Esch, Jalen Smith, Demarcus Lawrence, Tyron Smith, Travis Frederick, Zach Martin. That's 10 already. Not to mention they brought back Jason Witten. This, this, loster, this, loster, this roster is loaded. So good. They are dealing with a little bit of injuries right now, especially in the, in, the, in the secondary. Our receiver, Michael Gallup's out, but it's early on in the season. Their season, right now their schedule is not super, super tough. It's going to get a little tougher in the next couple of weeks, but a lot of those guys will be back within the next couple of weeks. I think they're going to be fine, but right now they're, the, the, they're playing like they're the best team in the NFC. Uh, number two, I've got the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes has bumped from a 97 overall in Madden to a 99 overall in Madden in just three weeks. And I'm surprised he wasn't already a 99 overall to begin with. But he's been super good. Unreal. I I, I really can't recall a player coming into the NFL, lighting it up, winning MVP in his first season, and then just like continuing it. Like A lot of people thought that that was... Pat Mahomes peak his first year and he would come back down to earth and he really hasn't. He really hasn't. And they have less talent around him. Tyree Kill is hurt. They don't have Kareem Hunt anymore. They have Damian Williams. Uh, they shine, They signed LaShawn McCoy to add some depth. It's a, a little bit different of a team. The receivers are, the receiving core is a little different, but Pat Mahomes still lighting it up. And number one, it's the New England Patriots, man. Come on. What what team did you think I would have a number one? It's not even a question. They have the best secondary in football. Tom Brady's the best quarterback in the league, the best quarterback of all time. Now, they had Antonio Brown for 
one week, but I mean, they still have Edelman and Philip Dorsett's putting up career numbers and Josh Gordon's back. And they have like 18 running backs that can all play. And they've, and they've got the best coach ever, best, one of the best owners, the best organization probably ever. I mean, this is, what else did you think I was going to say? Come on. But we're going to shift now, close out the show with some primetime predictions for week four of the NFL season. Right now, as we speak, the Green Bay Packers are taking on the Philadelphia Eagles in Green Bay. I like the Packers in this one. Uh, the Eagles, just too injury riddled right now. Very, very uh, choppy in the receiving game. Aguilar's dropped a lot of passes. Alshon Jeffries hurt. Carson Wentz, I don't think he's looked very sharp. He might be the highest paid quarterback in NFL history to never finish a full season. I mean, that, that's what my dad said to me before I came in here and recorded. He's like, I'm pretty sure that that guy is the highest paid quarterback in NFL history that has never finished a full season. And I don't know the statistic on that. I really don't. But it sure seems like it. It, it really, really does. Um, and Carson Wentz got all the talent in the world. But if you can't stay on the field, you're not valuable to anybody. Um We'll see if he's able to finish out this season and get the get these Eagles out of the one and two hole that they're in with a win tonight over the Packers. But I, I like the Packers. It's in Green Bay, one of the tougher places to play. And the defense for, for Green Bay, so much improved. Aaron Rodgers is the better quarterback than Carson Wentz. Go, Pack, go. Uh, Jaguars over the Broncos. Uh, that's... My next matchup, that is a 425 game on CBS. Um, and how I pre- how I determine which games I'm going to predict, I really just do the games that are in primetime slots, so the Thursday night slot, uh, both the 425 slots for CBS and um, CBS and Fox, and then the Sunday night game, and then the Monday night game. Those are the primetime slots for NFL football, so that's how I decide that. But... The Jacksonville Jaguars have six-round pick Gardner Minshew starting a quarterback for Nick Foles, and he's been playing pretty well. A lot of people are saying he's like the next Tom Brady or something like that. I mean, he's he looked really good. And, you know, I like him a lot. And obviously, we know what the Jags' defense is about. Without Jalen Ramsey, they're still a great defense. Broncos, they're usually in every game. This is going to be a closer game, but neither offense is too potent. It'll be a close one. I think the Jags win by a field goal. Chicago Bears taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings suck. Kirk Cousins sucks. Bears are going to win. Mitch Trubisky is back on track. The Bears are back on trap. Uh, back on track. I, Bears are going to win. This game, though, the Sunday night game this week, this is the toughest one to predict. Uh, it's the Dallas Cowboys and the New Orleans Saints. Cowboys 3-0, Saints 2-1. Uh, if Drew Brees was playing, I would say the Saints would win. And this is not to discredit Teddy Bridgewater, because I think Bridgewater is good. But I think it's going to be a little bit different. I don't think they have... 
I don't. I, I just don't think they're the same team with Teddy Bridgewater in there at quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater can move a little bit more with the ball. He can run around a little bit more, but he doesn't throw it like Drew Brees does, and that's the difference. And I think the Cowboys defensively are going to have potentially an easier time defending against Teddy Bridgewater and his arm than they would against Drew Brees and his arm. I like the Cowboys over the Saints in this game by a slight margin. It's in New Orleans, one of the tougher places to play in the league. It's going to be really close, but if I had to pick one, Cowboys in a close one. Last game, this is a real stinker. I wish this wasn't the Monday night game. Bengals and the Steelers. (laughs) Not much I really have to say about this. I'll go with the Bengals. Steelers are banged up. Mason Rudolph is essentially a rookie out there playing right now. Bengals have been in a game or two. They lost to the Bills by four. I'll go with the Bengals. That's a real stinker, though. But that is it for today's episode, episode 82. Thank you so much for sticking with me through all the good and the bad, all the ups and the downs, the consistency and inconsistency. Been super inconsistent, really, throughout the entire 82 episodes. I've been on and off. Got to be better, dog, but I'm grinding. I'm out here working, and I'm going to be better for y'all. But make sure you follow the show either on Apple Podcasts or on SoundCloud. You can subscribe to it either way. Drop a like on this episode on SoundCloud. Let me know what you think. Give me some feedback. I want to talk to you guys. Follow the show on Twitter. I'm going to be a lot more active on Twitter. I say that all the time and I know I suck, but I'm really, really going to and try and do something, you know. Even if it's just one tweet a day or just doing something. And then I'm also on Facebook. I post all the episode links there. You can access them there. And I, I post a little bit of content there as well. When I when I do do it. <laughs> but thanks guys for sticking with me. Uh, I know it's probably a pain. You're like, man, where'd Will go? But hey, I'm still here. It's just I'm grinding like you are. I'm grinding like you are still here, not going anywhere. This is home. This always will be home. Thanks guys. We'll see you in episode 83. It's WFS. <laughs>